Vicar's Conquest, Chapter 1 Burn This Letter Satyrion Duchesne sat at his father's desk in the corner of their two-room hut and held a curled brown envelope in trembling hands. On the back it bore the sigil of the court mages of the democracy of Arcania, two dragon wings split by a wooden wand like the spine of a dragon. It was night. His father slept uncomfortably in the midsummer heat in their shared room next door. His snoring mingled with the mooing of the cows outside the window, driving Satyrion mad. He could not spend another day as the son of a farmer in Nurgrind, delivering wheat to the town's single breadmaker, milking the animals, chasing off wolves and other beasts. His mother used to tell him he was destined for greater things. He had applied to join the court of mages of the democracy, and if they accepted him, he would be whisked away to magical training and political intrigue in the capital. If they denied him, well, he could not abide that. He opened the envelope with calloused hands and read the short message by candlelight. Notice from the Guild of Court Mages, postmarked from Sylvania, West March. Thank you for your application to join the Court Mages of the Democracy. After careful consideration, we have decided you would be better suited to another profession. Please note that you are encouraged to reapply if and when you prove yourself capable of any but the most menial forms of dustcraft. You might not waste your time, however, as our seers have peered into the future and foreseen that unlikely. Good luck in your future endeavors, and may your presence always bring joy to those lucky enough to cross your path. Yours in peace, High Mage Valera of Westmarch. Satyrion flipped the parchment over and back again. He held it closer to the candle flame, thinking perhaps the true message was hidden behind a fire-revealing spell. That was how the mages of old sent their most important messages, to be read by Dragonfire. Dragons no longer flew over the world of Arcania, but even if they had, Satyrion doubted their fire would reveal anything more as he held it so close to the candle that it caught fire. He let it burn to his fingertips, turning to ash in the nighttime dark. In response to the rejection notice received most likely, one assumes, by accident, postmarked from Nurgrind of the Breadlands. Dear High Mage Valera, thank you for taking the time to respond to my application. Wonderful to hear from you directly, as I'm sure you would not send a form letter to a mage with as much potential as me. That you have rejected my application must be an additional part of the application process that I did not foresee. Do not worry. I am not asking for an apology from your magicalness. A simple letter of recompense and acceptance into the guild will suffice. I recognize that other candidates train for years before applying, but I am a special case, being perhaps the most magically gifted person in the world. In conclusion, I implore you to please reconsider your ill-suited letter and correct your records by the time of my arrival in the capital. Find enclosed a small token of my appreciation 
borrowed from the collection plate of the local guile worshippers. It is not much, but should be enough to buy you a cup of mead, even in the big city. Consider it a gesture of goodwill and no hard feelings as we enter into what I hope will become a long and prosperous friendship in the service of the democracy. Yours in peace, Satyrion, Turi, Deshane. The response came a few days later and was shorter than the first letter. Notice from the Secretary of High Mage Valera, postmarked from Sylvania, West March. Dear Sir, Your most recent missive has been received. On behalf of High Mage Valera and the Guild of Court Mages, I can assure you that no mistake has been made. You are, as far as we can tell, talentless in the magical art of dustcraft. Please do not reply to this letter. Signed, The Bureaucracy of the Democracy of the West. Satyrion responded in kind. Message from the road to Sylvania. Postmarked, The Road. Dear member of the bureaucracy, I am coming to Sylvania to discuss this in person. See you soon. Stay classy in what I am sure is your first choice of profession. With love, Satyrion Deshane, future member of the Guild of Court Mages. Sylvania Satyrion thought he had seen colors before. He'd seen the greens of the fields and the browns of lumber, the milky purple of the nighttime sky, the blitz white of lightning. He'd seen orange dyes and red apples, yellow bananas, charred meats. He'd seen the crimson in the fire that consumed the home he was born in and killed his mother. He'd seen the black that remained when she turned to ash, and yet, he had never seen color like that which existed in Sylvania. From the moment Andros's wagon crossed the bridge into the city gates, colors of every imaginable shade burst all around him. Jesters twirled in rainbow-colored tights, spitting blue flames. Confetti rained from a live performance down a narrow street with flecks of it getting caught in the main thoroughfare. No two buildings were painted exactly the same. A street of primarily blue buildings might have sky blue, midnight blue, and turquoise, in addition to a hundred other shades. Most buildings were tall and seemed stacked onto one another like toy blocks, haphazard in places where the eras of construction clearly differed. Pearlescent walls ran through the city, clustering sections into makeshift districts for shopping and residential quarters. Above all, Tall enough almost to scratch the sky were the sixteen shimmering towers of the Castle of the Bow, the seat of power where the democracy kept a tenuous but necessary claw clenched around Arcania. It's something, isn't it? The balding merchant Andro said from the front of the wagon. They had met at an inn just outside of Nurgrund the afternoon of his departure. He had taken precious little with him from which to barter, carrying little more than two black traveling cloaks, a change of clothes, his leather sack, and a goat he'd taken from the farm. After a pint of ale, the two agreed to a bet on a hand of Bardus cards. I win, you take me with you to Sylvania, Satyrion said. You win, you keep my goat, 
Satyrion eked out a victory, and Andros took him along. They shared the goat along the road and became fast friends as only the road can forge. Now, as they approached the city, Satyrion's mouth dried. I've seen prettier, he said, his eyes telling the truth of the matter. It was even more radiant than he could have imagined. Andros guffawed. Of course you have, Terry, of course! Andros hailed originally from the frigid north, but had moved to the south for the warmer weather and better trade in the Sylvania harbor. Best in the world, he called it. Despite telling himself he would march straight to the court major's tower to demand an audience with High Mage Valera, Turi could not resist Andros's invitation to grab a drink at his favorite tavern. The ride there would give him time to see more of the city, and with its winding alleyways and tall walls, it would be easy to lose oneself among the crowds alone. Better to stick with a friend, especially if that friend had a wagon and knew his way around. A platinum-haired girl swept outside underneath a beagle-shaped sign that read, The Drunken Bunk. The establishment, a sunken spot with glass windows, was a fair deal shorter than the surrounding buildings. The buildings were constructed at such angles that the alley between the buildings was shadowy, despite the brightness of the day. Citrine! Andros called as they approached. My, you've grown! The girl glanced up and smiled. Andros! Mother and I weren't expecting you for another week yet! Could not wait to return, he said. Not with all the craziness going on in the country. Craziness? Satyrion said, his voice cracking. He glanced at Citrine, coughed, and spoke in a voice much deeper than his typical speech. What is this craziness of which you speak? Andros parked the wagon halfway in the alley. Come, we'll talk inside. He gave Bartholomew the horse a carrot, a pet on the neck, and let Citrine lead the way into the dimly lit tavern. Mother, look who I found stalking around outside. An unsavory character if ever there was one, Citrine called. Who then? A woman with thin hair the color of mud and stick-thin limbs said, appearing from the kitchen behind the bar. She held seven square boxes stacked higher than her full height, delicately balanced one atop the other. Let me help you, Saturion said, rushing to her. Stay back, Portia hissed. I've been carrying our goods to and from this kitchen for two decades without your help and I will continue to do so after each of the patrons currently enjoying our hospitality leaves. Her words glued Satyrion to the spot. Unsure what to do with his hands, he flexed his fingers, raised them, then dropped them. Oh, come off it, Portia, Andros said. Andros? She was taken so far aback that she lost her footing and the boxes came crashing down. Satyrion watched the entire thing happen in slow motion. The brown box, second from the top, tumbling, leading to the collapse of the others. Mugs and goblets spilling out of the top, all destined to crash land. He braced himself for the loud smashing of glass, wishing he could rush in and do something. But he could do nothing but stand still close his eyes. 
The shattering never came. Satyrion opened his eyes and saw Citrine holding two of the seven boxes, while three more sat harmlessly on the bar. Portia still held the rest. What happened? he said. Luck, Andros said, winking at Satyrion. Just a little Sylvanian luck, isn't that right, ladies? Portia went on cursing, flinging every insult Satyrion had ever heard and a few he hadn't at Andros, who simply guffawed and pointed out her reddening cheeks as she poured him an ale. Citrine said nothing as she went to unpacking the boxes and putting the goods away. A few patrons in the back snickered. Well then, are you going to introduce your friend? Portia said, pouring Satyrion an ale too. This is Satyrion, Andros said, clapping him hard on the back. Call me Turi. He's come to join the Court of Mages. Isn't that right? Actually, I believe I'm already a member. They simply sent me the wrong letter saying that I had been rejected. Good, Portia said, lips snarled. You're better for it. She glanced at her daughter, who went to refill the goblets of a few customers in the back. What do you have against the guild? Satyrion said. Besides their politicking and backstabbing, what good has a magician done for any of us in the last ten years? Twenty. That's not their job, Satyrion said. Their job is to keep the peace. Portia and Andros answered in time together. Right cocked up job they've done with that, Andros said dryly. Disturbing reports, Portia said, shaking her head. What uh, do you mean? Satyrion said, as a messenger in the off-white colors of the Gyalus arrived at the bar. He gestured to Portia with a letter in hand. Rumors of uprisings in the countryside, Andros said, drinking deeply. They say a madness is spreading like a disease. The Court of Mages doesn't know the cause of it. I haven't heard anything about this, Satyrion said. Count yourself lucky, Andros said. Portia followed the messenger outside. Means the madness hasn't reached your village yet. Portia spoke more animatedly with the messenger. She flung her arms and contorted her face. She became hysterical, ripping the message to shreds and throwing it on the man, who stood stoically while she raved. When she was done... He simply reached into his robes and produced a second matching letter, which he left on the doorstep of the bunk. Citrine had run outside to comfort her mother and sent the messenger away. The customers could hear her howling before she came back inside. Get out! She shrieked to the customers. Out! Should we go? Satyrion asked. Aye, Andros said. It's time you were off to your meeting anyway, don't you think? Pastime, Satyrion said, downing his mug and wiping his lip on his sleeve. On the way out the door, Andros squeezed Citrine's shoulder paternally and said, I'll be back soon. Citrine nodded and held her mother as they locked the door and went into the kitchen. What was that all about? Satyrion said as they climbed into the wagon. That guy lest wore the emblem of the democratic military. 
Andros said. I thought the Guilists were little more than a cult, Satyrian said. Snot robes is what we call them in Nurgrind. They were, Andros said, pulling off into the main street. Until three more of the sixteen governors converted. That makes... Satyrion tried counting on his fingers but lost track. Nine, Andros said. A majority. I see, Satyrion said, not seeing at all. That means everything in Sylvania will soon change, Andros said. When a new religion gains power at the highest levels, it can only mean one thing. Persecution for those who do not believe. That can't be, Satyrion said. The court of mages would never allow it. You think you're caught that powerful, eh? I do, Satyrion said. The governors would do well to listen to their advice, as they have since the time of the first king, Arkinus. And you're sure that's how the inner workings of the democracy goes? Andros said with a snort. Mighty confident of you for a boy from Nurgrind. If you know nothing about me, you should know of my limitless and unfounded confidence, Satyrion replied. So what do you think the message was? Could only be one thing to get Portia that upset. Andros paused, as if expecting Satyrion to finish the thought for him. Yeah, definitely, Satyrion said. You have no idea what I mean, do you? He rubbed his bald head. I don't know the exact contents, but I'd bet my last pence. It had to do with Citrine. Citrine? Why would it have anything to do with Citrine? Don't know, Andros said. Maybe you could find out in your meeting. Right, my meeting. How far are we from the tower anyway? They stopped at a stone arch where just beyond, the court mage's tower loomed. It was said that Aethram Arcanus, the first king of Arcania, raised the court mage's tower by holding in his hands the eight colors of the white and wrapping them like maypole streamers around his dying queen, a gifted dust crafter called Lyra. The tower stood as tall as any of the sixteen in the Castle of the Bow, but was the only one to have multiple colors in its architecture. Blue, pink, gold, green, silver, and yellow stripes twirled and met the pointed top with white lines running along the pathway of the stream. As Turi approached, he saw that the tower had a translucent sheen to it that shimmered brilliantly in the high summer sun. The material seemed to be made of dust itself, creating the illusion of translucence. We're here, Andros said. Satyrion felt the color drain from his cheeks and his limbs go numb. Oh, yes we are. Want me to take another ride around the block? Andros asked. Give you time to recover from that ale? No, no, Satyrion said. Don't forget to ask about Citrine, Andros said as Satyrion climbed off the wagon. If it comes up. If it comes up, Satyrion said. Sure. Come back to the bunk when you're through, he said. You know how to get back. I'm sure I'll figure it out, Satyrion said. All right then. Good luck. Tell the mages to piss off for me, would you? 
He yelled that last part and left Satyrion standing underneath the stone arch. Satyrion nodded respectfully to the armored guards on raised platforms on either side and collided headfirst into an invisible barrier underneath the arch. The guards snorted and laughed as he picked himself up. Only court majors allowed through without permission, bloke, said one of the guards. But I am a court mage, Satyrion said. Then you should have no trouble getting through, the other guard said, knocking his arrow. The first guard followed suit. Before our arrows pierce your heart. What? Shall we give him to the count of three? Why not then? One. Two. Saturion heard the whiz of the arrows fly. To be continued. Vicar's Conquest. Written by Ian Spiegel Blum. Narrated by Dave Jackson. Produced by Johannes Bonson. Special thanks to Latoya Inerity and Elizabeth Nowak. Story editor Ryan Gomez of www.magicarcanum.com Based on Dragon Shield characters and products. Available wherever great games are sold. With special thanks to all our alpha readers who made this project possible.